1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlov. Our topic today is a traditionalist critique of Alexander Dugin, the prominent Russian political, social, and metaphysical theorist, one of the most prominent thinkers in Russia today, and a man perhaps whose ideas have brought us to the brink of a Third World War. My guest is Charles Upton, whose first two books of poetry were published in 1968 and 1969. He was considered, at that time, the youngest of the beat generation of poets. He was just a high school student back then. He subsequently became engaged in metaphysics and the traditionalist movement and is author of many books, including Knowings in the Art Arts of Metaphysics, Cosmology, and the Spiritual Path. The Science of the Greater Jihad, Essays in Principial Psychology. The System of the Antichrist, Truth and Falsehood in Postmodernism and the New Age. Vectors of the Counter-Initiation, the Course and Destiny of Inverted Spirituality. The Alien Disclosure Deception, The Metaphysics of Social Engineering, and today we'll be focusing on his book, Dugan Against Dugan, A Traditionalist Critique of the Fourth Political Theory. Charles is in Lexington, Kentucky, and now I'll switch over to the internet video. Welcome, Charles. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. Yes, I'm glad to be back. We'll be sort of shifting gears a little bit today because I I know we've talked about the Covenants Project, which is important political activism on your part. But in order to address the metaphysical ideas of Alexander Dugan, we really need to get into politics to some degree, which is a, a change of pace. I bet that most of our viewers will be unfamiliar with who Dugan is, in spite of his his prominence today. And you just informed me, for example, that his books are not carried on Amazon.
0: Yeah, any anymore? I mean they, they, they've been uh, they've been censored off of Amazon. So <clears throat> if we consider Dugan to be one of the major ideologues behind Russians and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which I believe is true. We're no longer able to study his ideas because, Ooh, if we, if we read his ideas, suddenly we'll, we'll all be pro Russian. I don't think so. That isn't what happened to me when I read his ideas, but I mean, you know, I, I, I have to stand for freedom of speech. You know, if it's possible to censor Dugan, maybe I can be censored tomorrow, you know, or anyone else. So uh, I I would like to say to Amazon, bring back the books of Alexander Dugan. So if indeed Russia is our enemy, we should understand our enemy a little bit better. Should we not?
1: Well, I do know that uh, my old friend Jason Giorgiani, who was once editor of Arctos, the company that... Publishes Dugan informed me, uh, back in the days when Jason and I were in better communication that Dugan was their most popular author. Uh, now that was a far right publishing company. So I have to think that his ideas have infiltrated the far right, uh, throughout the world.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that was certainly his, um, one of his goals. Uh, Except, you know, D- D- Dugan will speak to anybody in their own language. I mean, he, he has things to say to the communists. He has things to say to the neo-pagans. He has things to say to the to Russian Orthodox Christians. He has things, I believe, from a few indications to say to the Satanists. You know, a, a little word, word to the wise, you know, is stuck in there in, in his very convoluted writing. Oh, you know, his, his idea, is that that if Russia or Eurasia, you know, it, is to throw off the the hegemony of the West, and you know, and you know, maintain its independence and take its its uh, its own course through history without, you know, being contained uh, by 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 the West, by you know, the European Union and the United States, that it will have to appeal to all of the groups who feel marginalized by European Union and the United States and, and their, their dominant um, agenda. And that means he collects incredibly heterogeneous influences and, and speaks in many, many different languages to many different disaffected groups, which is, well, that's what the communists did. Um, one example, there's a book, I forget the author, but it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting book called uh, Red Shambhala. And it was talking about how how the Bolsheviks, you know, during before, I suppose, and during the revolution fanned out through Central Asia and talked to to the Mongols and and the Tibetans and whoever, you know, uh, those populations were and, and, and spoke to them in terms of their eschatological hopes for a savior to come out of that form of Buddhism. Uh, and and they said, well, that's us, you know. We 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 are we are your expected Messiah, the Bolsheviks, you know. We're all Asians, right? You know, and whatever. And uh, so, so you know, his his technique is very venerable, and certainly he's appealed to many different groups in the West. You know, some a few years ago during the, the um, what was it called? You know, the Yellow Yellow Vest Revolution in Europe, um, which was a kind of a one of these flash, flash demonstration, flash revolution things that end up to be a flash in the pan, you know, everybody talks to each other on on the web and say, get together and demonstrate, and they do it. And they do it. And it's big, and then it disappears completely, because there's no organization. And there's no, you know, cr- creating a, 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 you know, any kind of central direction, uh because that's considered to be well, you can't do that because the groups are too heterogeneous. And if somebody comes out of one group and says, well, we're running things, all the other groups will shoot them down. So all you can do is have these. That, that's what happened with um uh, Occupy Wall Street some years ago. You know, millions of different heterogeneous, you know, people who felt marginalized by what's going on in this country came together and demonstrated together and then nothing because there was no no central leadership because that, that was considered to be dangerous because if somebody is a leader then they, then they become a tyrant and we don't want that so we'll just we'll just make it a flash in the pan and you know and say we did it you know so that's as far as that goes so um but certainly yeah his ideas have been um taken up by uh the alt right and uh, but I, I, I recently was contacted by somebody from the alt-right who interviewed me and, and wished to say, you know, he, he's sitting here in Europe, you know, f- you know, feeling the direct threat from Russia. And, and he says, I, I, I think my, my, you know, compatriots in the alt-right have been a little hasty to adopt Alexander Dugan as their guy because look which way the, the missiles are pointed, you know?
1: And so, uh, I said, yeah, I just agreed more or less, you know. You quoted Dugan at one point um, in his writings as having said that pointing the missiles back towards the West was a form of psychotherapy for the Russian military.
0: <laughs> yes, well, temporarily, I'm sure that was, uh, you know, it, it uh, did it did, did, did allay uh, uh, anxiety, anxiety temporarily, perhaps, but not... Uh, not in the long run by any means. I want to say one thing before we go any further. I want to say, um, I want to express to Alexander Dugan my condolences on the loss of his daughter who was assassinated not long ago in a car bombing. And it, it, it looked as if the, uh, the bomb was meant for him. And, you know, they changed cars. She took the car and she was killed. So, uh, I, I know how. Um, devastating that would be for any parent. And uh what's interesting, even though um Alexander Dugan's books have been um, kicked off of Amazon, they've been censored, uh he hasn't been kicked off of Facebook. Because his, his his Facebook group is still there and Perhaps that's for purposes of surveillance to see what he might be up to. I imagine that's the only reason he's still there. But I'm getting emails from him now, you know, he posts, you know, new posts on his website are, uh, are emailed to me and.
1: In English.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In English. And he, no, he, he, he can speak English as well. Yeah. This is an English language, uh, Facebook group. So he, you know, he commands the English language pretty well. Um, and I go there and I just see pictures of little girls playing, you know, in in, in the grass and the flowers around it, a Russian Orthodox monastery, you know, which you, you could say this is an attempt to project harmlessness, although it's a little late for that.
1: But it could also simply be a form of mourning, you know. Well, it's a sad thing that he l- lost his daughter. I agree. I know it's controversial as to how that happened and and who did it but perhaps it would help our readers to our viewers and listeners to have a, a better idea of uh, who he is what is his history i know for example you refer to him in your book as professor
0: oh yeah well he's been a professor at university of moscow and you know uh i don't i don't remember all of his posts but um he, his, his, his father was, uh, some Soviet official in what capacity, I don't remember. So he was already part of, you know, more or less part of the Soviet elite. And then the, the Soviet Union fell. And, uh, bef- before the Soviet Union fell, he, he, he was, you know, was anti-Soviet at one point. And, uh, he, he was actually a singer. He was like, he was like, like a, a Nazi Bob Dylan who was <laughs> go around to cafes and, and and sing you know satirical songs against the Soviet system you know and then it fell and then, and then as soon as it fell sometime later he said, and then I really missed it <laughs> you know you I know saw, I saw what what happened after that you know so um he he, he as a professor he's he's been and, and as a political organizer, I forget the name of his- he's got a party. And I forget the name of the party, but he's also, you know, political organizer of one of the not very large, but perhaps influential parties in Russia. And he, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he, he moves in every conceivable direction, uh, uh, intellectually as, as a, as an academic. He writes on political theory, metaphysics, mythology, um, Eschatology, you know, and and he, he so, so that makes him congenial to me to a certain degree because I try to do that too. I don't want to get stuck. I mean, that, that's that's the one thing I can do, show the relationships between these different fields of, of knowledge, and uh, he's attempted to do that as well. So it was sort of natural I could go and read his books and and respond, um, you know, to his various ideas, and I would have a little something to say on about every one of his major themes. Um, my, my critique of him perhaps has little more unity than his own ideology, which is all over the map. But basically, you know, he, he just wants, um, well, I, okay, let's, let's see. His major mythology is there are two great powers in the world. Um, one of them he calls Atlantis. Atlantis is, here you know atlantis is the united states europe it's the peoples of the sea uh you know it's 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 uh i'm remembering um buckminster fuller once in one of his books wrote he said western civilization was founded by renaissance pirates you know and that's is his pretty much his, his view of the west which which is in line with the uh The, the myth, I'm going to call it a myth, but the myth and reality of Babylon in uh, the book of the apocalypse, you know, a a mercantile civilization that's decadent and luxurious and, you know, and, uh, and and is a very much a maritime civilization, you know, and then, um, but the, the, but the other great power is Eurasia, which he, which he identifies with the great heartland of the Eurasian continent. And, you know, it's land based rather than sea based. Isn't his political party called the Eurasia Party? That sounds right. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. And, and so, so, you know, he, he talks about, you know, his, his idea of geopolitics is whoever, you know, dominates Eurasia will dominate the world. Well, could be. Uh, but it's very mythologized, much more than anything coming from the West, you know. We're the Atlanteans on, on, on his website, uh, Geopolitica, you know, the um he has two two websites, Geopolitica, which these last I looked are still there. Geopolitica and Katechon. Katechon is more of his Russian Orthodox religious website, and Geopolitica is his more political website, although there's a lot of you know bleed through. But uh the um the motto of his Geopolitica we- website is Carthago Delenda Est. Which is Cato the Elder's line that he would say after every speech in the Roman Senate, what, whether it was about, you know, how to fund, fund, you know, the, the renovation of the sewers or anything, anything. He would say, but, but, you know, I will end by saying Carthago delenda est, which means Carthage must be destroyed. So he identifies Carthage with, uh, the Atlanteans, with the peoples of the sea and Rome, you know, even though Rome is just as maritime as anybody else. He you know, Rome is, is, he's, he's going you know, to identify that with Eurasia somehow, you know, but that's his the idea. And, and Carthago is us, you know, we, we, we must be destroyed. So, which is very interesting because it goes back to, um, actually what in the West would be considered to be fringe archaeology about what Atlantis was. Um, you know, the, 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 there were the mysterious peoples of the sea who who, who raided in, in you know in Mediterranean lands, and they might have been those who founded um, the Phoenician state. You know, with the the, the, the city of Sidon, and and, um, and then then the um, a um, colony of Phoenicia was Carthage. And, you know, the Carthaginians with Hannibal and all of this became, you know, the main enemies of Rome during the Punic Wars. And so it goes back there. And what's interesting is Carthage and, and that part of the world, you know, that, that, that coast of North Africa and also the coast of Spain, uh, uh, have not only a lot of old megalithic sites with that, that ancient polygonal masonry, which which is an entirely different way of building things. And fr- from a civilization we we don't really understand, but it was somebody else than, you know, the classical Greeks. And it's a lot older. And they're actually sunken cities are being discovered in that end of the Mediterranean. So that could have been Atlantis, you know, and all of this is in his mythology, you know? And so, but it's interesting. Uh If you go back to the, to the apocalypse, well, um, you know, the the um, Babylon is to a certain degree sea based, but ba- you know, and, and Babylon is also the feminine principle. You know, the decadent feminine principle represented by the whore of Babylon. You know, the l- l- luxurious, you know, decadent, um, concu- you know, the principle of concupiscence. Whereas, who in the Apocalypse overthrows the whore of Babylon is the Beast, the Antichrist. You know, and the beast is, is more land-based and, and, and he, the beast is the negative masculine principle, you know. And well, he doesn't call it negative. He just says, you know, that's us to a certain degree. We are the hyperboreans. We, we, we are, are those who, uh, uh, are oriented to the pole star, you know, we, 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 and, and we are the, we, we are tradi, we represent tradition. We represent, you know, the, the primordial tradition. And this is his connection, um, with one of the many groups he connects with, you know, w- w- which is, uh, Gainonian traditionalism of the traditionalist school, Rene Gainon, and finally, for and all of those people. Well, he tries to claim them as well. As do you. Yeah. And me. Yeah. He try Yeah. I just went on Amazon to see, to make sure that his books had been dropped, you know, and I put in Alexander Dugan, uh, the fourth political theory, which is his major manifesto more or less design for the west, but you know and and what should I get but uh the first thing on the list is this book by uh, yours truly you know yeah. dugan against dugan um, which is you know uh, so according to Amazon, I actually am Alexander Dugan, so. You ask, ask me any questions about Dugan and anything I say will, will, will be absolutely true because I'm all that's left of Dugan on, on Amazon. Uh, now, it's interesting. You can buy that book and find um, an awful lot about, you know, the specific themes he deals with uh, in um, the fourth political theory, the rise of the fourth political theory and Eurasian mission. Which are the books I drew upon to to, uh, to critique his ideas? So, I mean, a case could be made that if you want to buy something to to find out about Alexander's ideas, buy my book because that's all that's left of him. On the other hand, you there's there's going to be a certain bias in that book, which you know, I I, I my, my uh, an analysis of what he was saying will not be the same as his
1: own. I interviewed Gary Lockman, a metaphysical historian who's written about Holy Russia and has written also about the uh, metaphysical movements underlying the alt-right and American politics. And uh, one of the things that he addresses is something I didn't understand very well, I probably still don't, known as chaos magic. It's uh, some occult tradition And he uh, showed me pictures of Dugan speaking publicly with the big chaos magic symbol, which is sort of an eight-pointed star. That's his symbol for his Eurasian movement, you know,
0: but it's very much like the chaos. I wouldn't say it's identical to, to the chaos magic symbol, but it certainly seems to be designed to suggest that. Yeah, well, chaos magic, this is his problem with his metaphysics. I mean, you know, okay, chaos magic, let's see, ceremonial magic of the Renaissance, where we get all those grimoires and, you know, a brimlin, the Mage and, and, you know, um, it, 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 the short form is basically like this. Well, it, it was in the Christian framework, a Christian, um, cosmology. So, so Christ, Christ has by his, Redemption, uh, has conquered the kingdom of Satan. Therefore, any Christian has a right to employ these conquered beings, these demons, you know, to do his work for him, right? So, yeah, you know, you, 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 you uh, conquer a nation and, and you sell its people into slavery and so they we will make them our slaves. And so what, what you do is you, is you do uh, austerities, you know, and purif- self-purification. You invoke the angels. To give you the power to dominate the demons, so you they they will do what you want. Now that that's a a, a very simple form of it, and there are a lot of lot of variations. I mean, don't don't it's no way limited to that. But that's sort of one of the main themes of Renaissance magic. It's based upon a recognized cosmology, whereas chaos magic says there is no reality. You know, chaos magic is based upon the principle of, let us say, nothing is true, therefore everything is permitted. It's very much postmodern magic. There is no overarching paradigm, no, you know, uh, structure to reality. It's all up for grabs. It's all, you know, shapeless potential. And so the will of the mage enters this shapeless potential and, you know, posits something. Let it, let it be this. You know, into the chaos of, 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 quantum uncertainty or whatever you want to call it, you know, pure potentia. And, you know, let it be this. And if he's got enough, you know, power, then out of, out of that chaos, you know, he, he can draw what he wants. So that's, that's how chaos magic is different from traditional ceremonial magic. Um And in a certain sense, Dugan is, is like that, you know, because he, he, his his views are—I mean, it, it's a chaos of opposing views of opposing groups that that, that 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 he was appealing to. I'm going to say was, because things undoubtedly have totally changed since the invasion of Ukraine. But before that, he was reaching out to everybody under the sun. He reached out to my uh, colleague in the Covenants Initiative, Dr. John Edramoro. Uh, and Moro met him on the Arbaeen pilgrimage, uh, in Iraq, which is the Shia pilgrimage to the Shia holy sites in Iran. You know, and, and, uh, and, and Dugan spoke, you know, to, to, to the, uh, assembled pilgrims, you know, to the Shia, which of course has to do with R- R- Russia's, um, alliance with Iran, no, you know, no, no doubt. Uh, but uh, Dr. Morrow came back and said, well, I, 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 he met with Alexander, Alexander Dugan for a while and, and, and spoke with him, you know, and, and had an interview. And, uh, he came back and said, well, I've met Alexander Dugan. He's, he's really nice. He's a very humble, spiritual man who wants only f- f- for, for all the, uh, um, you know, the various nations and cultures and religions that have been oppressed by Western uniform, uniformity, where, where you have a, a McDonald's golden arches in outer Mongolia and all of this, you know, he wants, he just wants them, them to be free and to, to, to uh, uh, you know, to determine their own destinies in historical destinies. And, and Russia will help them in this. Now you can't, though, really be the umbrella for everybody else's freedom. Without turning into an oppressor pretty quick. You know, that's pretty obvious. But anyway, that, that, that was, he, he talked a good game. And then I just showed Dr. Morrow some of the crazy statements he made, which is, well, we don't, we don't like ISIS, but we're willing to work with them, uh, because the first thing is to destroy the West. Then we'll deal with, deal with that, the problems later, you know. And I'm saying, you know, I, I, I put that, I have a little PDF, which, which, excerpt from my book called um, uh, Dugan Against Islam. I have another little PDF called Dugan Against the Traditionalists, you know, where where he took doctrines of Renan on and inverted them directly, you know, and uh, so he was not a tradition, not really a traditionalist, and certainly not really a friend of Islam, just against the West for who was going to get control of the Tug terrorists, you know, and and you know if the Russians Russians could could dominate ISIS and use them, they would, and if we could, we would, and that's what was going on until they became so bad that everybody had to had
1: to dump on them because they were going to destroy everything. One of your biggest bugaboos, I think, is what you call inverted spirituality—that in the name of spirituality. Promulgating something that is actually the opposite,
0: yeah, which is so common now. That's, I mean, that's almost the watchword of our time. That's, you know, if 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 you want to use concepts like the Antichrist or what the Muslims called al-dajjal, that's the watchword of the regime of, of Antichrist. Will be that definite kind of inversion. That's what um, René, René Guénon predicted because he said and i mean his categories are holding better than those of marx you know marx still has some things to say you know which 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 we we have we should you know understand as legitimate critique of capitalism not as a good thing to turn into a you know a resurgence of the communist oppression which you know it, it, Marx, like a lot of people, was a great critic, but, but when it came to prescribing for the disease, you know, he diagnoses, then you prescribe for the disease, something worse than the disease itself. So, which is true of most critics in general. So, Ganon's categories, uh, are amazing because, because he said, well, um, at the end, you know, as, as the end of the manvantra or the cycle of manifestation of this, this world age, um, is approached. And, uh, I think it's pretty clear that's where we're getting. Uh, he said, you you will first have anti-tradition, which is materialism. It was like the height of anti-tradition was maybe the late 19th century. Um, and, uh, you know, under this regime, the, uh, access of this world to higher or subtler worlds is almost entirely cut off. We're inside a material world and that's that. You know? And then he says, but at one point, th- this this cosmic environment that, w- that we have inherited and or created will become so brittle, it'll start to crack. And so subtle influences will start to come back. But first... And foremost, they will come back from below, from the infernal regions, or from what he called the, the infra psychic. You know? And then, so, so, um, so he says, when, when the reign of quantity, the reign of quantity, that's his major prophetic book, The Reign of Quantity and the Signs of the Times, the reign of quantity is materialism. And when, when that, when that starts to crack, then, then you will have ultimately a, a return of the reign of quality which is what higher and earlier world ages um, represent, where society is based upon an apprehension of the eternal archetypes. We have sacred societies. But he said, uh, after the reign of quantity, when the reign of quality comes back, it will be a reign of inverted quality and an inverted hierarchy. And I think Alexander Dugan is the very quintessence of the theology of the inverted hierarchy and uh it's funny it it it, it seems in a certain sense to be traditional and um and even sacred except he never mentions god all he said about god was well we have to put put off questions about god until we've dealt with this this stuff uh we really have to deal with historically and, and and you know getting rid of the United States and Western civilization and you know and bringing Russia back. We do all that first, then we can have God. Now that's what he says in the fourth political theory in in his uh, website Karekhon. Totally different. He's speaking to the Russian Orthodox. He has beautiful meditations on on Russian Orthodox theological themes and saints and this. It's lovely, and it's true. The weird thing is he doesn't really believe anything because he doesn't really believe anything because he is a profound nihilist. Ideas are simply utilitarian for him, you know, and and he gets this from from uh, the communists as well. This is, this is the way they were with ideas. Ideas only matter if they get something done. Proxies, you know, you get something done, but, you know, are they true in themselves? Ah, you know. If you can't get any cash value out of them, who cares? That was very much the communist way of looking at things.
1: Well, I'm under the impression that uh, he... Advocates spreading chaos uh, he's advocated if i understand it correctly that that russia should do everything it can to exacerbate all the cultural and racial and uh intellectual uh and social differences amongst uh americans and and western europeans yeah and and so you know the, the those who say that that
0: uh, you know trump trump's um uh, Idea that, that Russia was interfering with the elections was, was simply a crazy conspiracy theory of, of, of right wing idiots. No. I mean, the, I, the, there, there's a, a passage in his magnum opus, which I don't know if it's been translated yet. I, I found an awful translation by Google that was unreadable. Um, the, the foundations of geopolitics. And he just said, This is what we do. We exacerbate all uh, uh, social. Uh, conflicts and and polarities within the united states and you know and 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 also uh, anything we can do to to uh to enhance the, the the isolationist tendencies of the united states um you know we should do and you know i mean trump was to a certain degree the expression of that i'm not saying trump trump was simply you know an agent of russia but um Dugan, you know, in the Trump years got a certain amount of what he wanted. And I'm, I'm not even saying that, that what he wanted was all produced by, by by the Russians, by, by, you know, secret influences coming from Russia. You know, he he was just discerning the weaknesses in the West and, and saying we need to exacerbate some, some of it was probably, you know, uh, Russia-based, but a lot of it was just, you know, his view of, of the weakness of his opponent. And he was very accurate in
1: that. He was very critical of uh, democracy, very critical of liberalism, and uh, very critical of postmodernism. But at the same time, you you suggest he's uh, sort of an archetypal postmodernist. That's, that's the kind of nihilism you get in here. You know, he has the, this is the
0: best critique of postmodernism I've ever read. This guy is great. But you look at his whole method, his whole worldview, postmodern, you know, quint- quintessentially. So, you know, that kind of contradiction and inversion, you know, um, you, you, you have to accept that, 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 that that's, and, and, and he's not just doing that accidentally. You know, it's, it's a kind of applied nihilism, you know, and, um, so, right, <laughs> yes, you want to see, you want to see how a postmodernist thinks um, contradictions that 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 are not considered to invalidate an argument, you know i mean but, but like like I said in my book, uh, well, this goes back this is very american I, mean, I, I said to uh, professor dugan you you're, you're quite an American in doing this. this goes back to Emerson and Whitman. You know, Emerson said, you know, uh, uh, consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. And Whit- Whitman said, uh, you know, I contradict myself very well. I contradict myself. I am vast. I contain multitudes, which is, uh, actually a song, uh, a, 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 a phrase that uh, Bob Dylan <laughs> did in a recent song of his. You know, Dylan actually can't sing anymore but he, he did a very interesting um uh, recitation of a poem to music that he wrote about about that uh that line from Walt Whitman I've
1: always enjoyed that line from Walt Whitman <laughs> well I mean it's it's not all bad but it's it's just uh
0: yeah I mean and and I th- I think I think that was wonderful and liberating when the United States was expanding. I'm vast. I contain multitudes. Why, why do we have to go back to, to, to these little, you know, conceptual and traditional boxes that it has to be this or that? You know, you know, anything is possible. Well, there's a point at which anything is possible is a very liberating thing. You know, with God, all things are possible. So beautiful. Let's, let's explore all these wonderful possibilities. But when the expansion is no longer happening culture when things start to contract and in my opinion they've been contracting ever since 1968 when uh Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix died <laughs> at that moment i said this is the peak we're not going to go beyond this you know and the expansion of course was you know we, we can fight vietnam we can fight anybody we've got the power you know and then that's the negative part of it. The, 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 um, the positive part of it was all the, the explosion of imaginative ideas that came out in the sixties. Well, right. But then it starts to contract. And when, when it contracts, the, 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 those multiple possibilities slowly but surely become excruciating contradictions. You know, I contradict myself but I'm no longer vast and all the multitudes that I collected are being squeezed together and starting to fight each other. And that's what we're getting in the society, you know? So that was, that was a wonderful statement for its
1: time, but for our time, uh, doesn't work in the same way. And to be fair, I think uh, you write in your book that you largely agree with Dugan's critique of uh, liberal democracy Oh, I I think he has a wonderful critique, just like Marx had a
0: wonderful critique of capitalism, but look what he did with
1: it. I mean, it would seem as if the war in Ukraine, the incredible turmoil and chaos that is taking place as we speak in Ukraine today, is an outcome of this chaos magic ideology.
0: Well, to a certain degree. um, And um, I mean, there there was a. a video I saw of Dugan before before the war, you know, on on the web, where he uh he was just cursing the Ukrainians. Ah, oh, man, it must be destroyed, you know. Now, what we don't know is what was so threatening about the U- Ukrainians to the Russians. That they, they they had a legitimate reason to feel threatened. The United States, you know, was was making and the CIA and it was making incredible inroads there, probably Mossad and everybody else. And what what were they planning? Were they doing, um, you know, biological weapons laboratories? You know, the, the, whose weapons were going to be directed against Russia? Were you know, and were was there a big Nazi influence in the Ukraine? There probably was. There also was in Russia through uh, through Alexander Dugan, you know, who drew upon Nazi ideologues like Karl Schmidt. You know, who, who who is like one of the few Nazis that survived World War II to become sort of a recognized intellectual in the post-war era, you know, with, with a particular idea of legalism and this. You know, I don't know much about Schmidt, but you know, you know, he, he has little little problem with, with with turning to certain Nazi influences. So you know, both sides are saying, you know, you're the Nazis. No, you're the Nazis. Well. There, nobody's the Nazis. That was then, you know, the, 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 the Ukrainians, you know, were, were a vector of, of a great deal of aggression coming from the West and NATO and God knows on how many levels it directed at Russia to contain Russia, to perhaps produce regime change in Russia. And the Russians responded, you know, in, with in an incredibly violent and evil way, bringing out all of their evil influences. You know and and uh, ideologically and and now now in action and you know this is where i like to sit back and say i'm not going to take science here you know i mean if 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 i want the ukraine to win if i want russia you know all i want is russia not to nuke us i would like that and i don't know i don't know what the closest way to do that is if 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 they totally lose in in the ukraine will they be you know, well chastened and pull back and not do that. Or will that force them to say, you know, we, we, we'd rather destroy the world than, than, than you know, let this be done to us. And remember, remember, it's possible to, 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 for a whole nation to have a suicidal impulse if they feel that their back is to the wall. We, you know, we, we, we should not discount that possibility. But in any case, um, this is what I see as the meaning of in the apocalypse and the Quran, the apocalypse, you know, at the end of time, Gog and Magog will arise, or in the, in the Quran, Juj and Majuj, same, same forces. What are these forces? I see them as huge, titanic, uh, opposing forces, which appear to be real alternatives. You know, I and mean, this is what we do. We, we, we sit here and say, you know, um, You know, if, 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 if Biden and and the Democrats are doing these terrible things, you know, of, of bringing in transgenderism and transhumanism, then any, any, um, you know, anything we do, you know, to, to oppose them is justified, no matter how violent, no matter how crazy, no matter how, how illegal. So anything Trump does is justified against Biden or Trump, you know, a criminal from day one you know who's gotten away with murder for decades you know uh so so anything that that the the the, the uh republican that the uh democrats you know and and the uh Ju- judiciary committee and and you know the justice department can do against trump is justified cuz trump is evil you know i mean this is a mess and um uh, you see why I haven't voted in a presidential election for many years. I just, this is the way I look at it. And you, you have these forces fighting each other. And, and we have, the human beings have a tendency to say, I, uh, the alternatives in the world, I got to choose one of them. What's, you know, what's, which side are you on? Bob Dylan had a good reaction to that. He said, praise be to Nero's Neptune, the Titanic sails at dawn. Everybody's shouting, which side are you on? Well, the boat is going down. And it doesn't matter which side you're on, right? And, you know, that, that, that was a great song, you know, taking off from an old,
1: uh, Woody Guthrie, which side are you on, boys? <laughs> yeah, right. And, and of
0: course, you know, you know,
1: now, now Gu- Gu- Guthrie, remember, remember
0: he wrote on the back of his guitar, Uh, this machine kills fascists. So in World War II, you could, it could be pretty clear. You could actually take the right side, even though there's a lot of evil in the right side and some good in the wrong side. There was, you could see what the lesser of two evils was. Except for Russia, which we had to, we had to ally with, which became the next vast evil in the world. And, and the United States became more and more and more evil in fighting fire with fire when it comes to Russia, which, you know, and then Vietnam came along and we really lost our moral superiority at that point. And so it ends up to be the same mess, the world, the dunya, the darkness of this world. You know, the principalities and powers were the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what we need to fight. Not get into this, to, 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 to the mess of the world and choose one of these sides and end up doing as much evil as if we'd chosen the others. Now, what's interesting though, that said, with the covenants initiative, I saw for the first time in years, hey, this is something that's actually just good. You know, this is not one of those, um, you know, it's not Gog or Magog, one of those uh, terrible alternatives that seems to be an alternative, but is actually as bad as its as its opponent. This is something where a, a, a real action for good can be done. You know, and um, so so with the covenants, you know, our, our movement is now in abeyance because it was stopped, like so many things, by COVID. And now Dr. Morrow gets back to me and says. Well, all of these people want me to speak, but they're all partisan groups. You know, the Sunnis, you know, want to adopt the covenants to use them against the Shia. The Shia want to adopt the covenants to use them against the Sunnis, and 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 plenty of other groups at the same time. says, I don't know who, who you know, I do, do, do I just not accept any of these speaking engagements, or do I accept all of them? What do I do? I don't know the answer to that. But you know that that's that's the state of things now. But but there was a moment there. And actually the Trump years opened up that moment. Um, Trump, I understand the Republicans who say, I like his policies, but we got to get rid of him, you know? Um, and, and that's, that's not my simple position either, but, um, we could really do something. It, It was, it was miraculous that, that in such dark times we could do something that, that was, what I consider to be filled with light. and
1: But you never know if, that, if such a thing will be possible again. Well, I guess an important part of uh, René Guénon's theology, metaphysics, is that we are in a, a dark time, the end of times, the Kali Yuga, or something similar. And And Dugan is saying something about like that.
0: Yeah, he is. But... You know, there's nothing about the second coming of Christ which you would think that an Eastern Orthodox Christian would talk about. He doesn't like to talk about God. He believes, you know, if there is, you know, he's, he's following Heidegger, and I don't know enough about Heidegger. I just know what what Heidegger as presented by Dugan, you know, made me think, you know, Heidegger is bad news. He may have some some wonderful metaphysics that I haven't, you know, had time to read, you know. Or haven't had, you know, taken, taken, you know, fulfilled my responsibility in reading. But what, what he, the ideas he takes from, from Heidegger are terrible. He, Heidegger says the time of the logos is past. Well, the logos, of course, in Christian terms is Christ. The time of order and, you know, and, and harmony is past. Now it is the time of chaos. Well, there's some truth to that. I mean, that's, that's what Guénon said, more or less. But, but, but Gagnon said out of, out of the chaos will emerge the inverted hierarchy, which will be the regime of, of dajjal of Antichrist. Whereas Dugan says out of the chaos will emerge us, you know, we will, you know, we will, uh, uh, project the chaos of, 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 of Atlantis and, and, and the Western nations back upon itself because they are based upon chaos, eh, because they're feminine. So, we will project that back on them, and, and they will they will fall apart, and then we will emerge as the great big new great big new thing. Okay, that's not what King said, because the great big new thing, as far as he was concerned, would be the Antichrist. And Dugan just gets so far as to say, "Well, we'll deal with that later. We just need to get rid of the West, and we have to become the Antichrist to get get rid of the West." Cool, cool. Why not? You know, you know. The, the first things first. I'm sorry,
1: I can't go along with that. Now, what about the significance of the feminine in Dugan's uh, metaphysics? Well... Or in Gainon's.
0: To, to go back to Gainon there is a tendency which is understandable. I mean, Gainon's basic idea of the manvantra, of the cycle of manifestation, is it moves from the pole of essence to the pole of substance. Um, so his brilliant thing is to look at the Hindu doctrine of the cycle of manifestation in terms that are basically Aristotelian, you know, so, so the, the masculine principle is form is essence. Uh, yet it has no substance in this world because, you know, it is still in the realm of ideas. Whereas the, the feminine principle is substance or potential. It's all the possible, it's, it's like quantum indeterminacy, you know, it's, 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 it's the, 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 substratum of matter, all the things, you know, uh, but it has no form. And, you know, uh, substantial form, according to Aristotle, any real thing is produced by the union of those two principles. Ideas gain substance, you know, you know, unformed matter is redeemed from its formlessness through ideas. So that's, you know, so but the problem is um it's possible to wrongly understand the fact that, you know that, that to to adopt the idea that, that the masculine principle is is the principle of good and 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 we're we're, we're degenerating to the fem, feminine principle which is the principle of evil you know um Guillaume didn't quite say that but that implication
1: is floating around his ideas some you find it in Western mythology. The very notion it was Eve who tempted Adam with the apple, and they were banished from paradise.
0: Yeah, but but before Eve was the serpent, and after all, you know what what was Adam if if, if he would you know give into that temptation? So, I mean, yeah, there is that tendency. But of course, there is also the Virgin Mary, who is the second Eve, who redeems the whole thing. If it wasn't for, for her, if it wasn't for, you know, the, the, the myth that, 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 that I understand or see is that there were women, pious women in, in, in the Jewish world. Some of them worked as a kind of guild of temple seamstresses who would sew the, uh, you know, the, 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 the sacred, um uh, you know, cloths of the altar and things like this. And and uh, they were praying that one of them would be the mother of the Messiah. And finally, that fell upon the Virgin Mary. You know, that, that came to her. And what amazes me is the other women weren't, weren't jealous. So, if it wasn't for, 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 for her profound receptivity to the divine, there would have been no Christians. So that's, that, that, that redeems Eve. So, you know, and that, that's why the Virgin Mary in Catholicism is called the co redemptrix So it isn't, it isn't simply, you know, but you have problems with, um, Saint Augustine, you know, women have no souls. Oh, yeah, you know, Augustine, w- one of the greatest theologians of the church, but look at that. So anyway, um, where is, where is Dugan I mean he, he, he doesn't address as far as I know that, that issue directly? Yeah, he's you know, he he he, he damns the West for, for basing itself upon chaos and for being like Babylon, you know. But at the same time he's willing to use chaos as a political tool. So you know, but uh in both cases I think he identifies the founding principle to a degree with chaos. Whereas you know that that's that's the negative feminine principle, just as the negative masculine principle is is self-will, fixed ideas, you know, you know narrow, rigid thinking, you know mm-hmm. um so so um anyway i don't th- I don't think dugan does not directly deal with that issue, but but he's he he has an unholy relationship to chaos. He says, now we're, we're in the era of chaos. The era of logos is past, which means the era of Christ is past. And, um, now out of the chaos, that th- this perennial error that out of chaos will come the new thing. All you have to do is destroy everything because that's easy. You know, that, that, that's in, in line with entropy. It's in line with, with, with the flow of the universe to entropy just to break it all up. And then out of that will come a new thing. Well, order does not come out of chaos what happens is old order is broken up and then you have a receptive substratum you know in in, and which is represented in in the christian world by the virgin mary you have a receptive substratum that turns to eternal order and says you know come and eternal order listens and, and sends a new Design for a new age, you know, in, in, into that receptive substratum and fertilizes it, and the two, the two
1: poles come together, and then you have the renewal. But it doesn't just come from creating chaos. There are often many twists and turns along the way as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, certainly. And I just wonder, you know, before, I was wondering w- where Dugan was at. Because I was wondering if Putin was saying, looking at Dugan's, is saying, this is the guy that suckered me into going into the Ukraine. You know, so many of Dugan's so-called allies are dying. I don't know if they're being assassinated by the CIA. I don't know if they're being assassinated by Putin because this is his chance to get rid of the oligarchs with whom he has had to share power in the West. We say, well, those are his allies. Well, he had to ally with them. They had money. He was an oligarch, too. He has plenty of money in Switzerland, you know. So who was killing these people off? I don't know. But I was wondering, you know, what was was he uh, was he going to assassinate Dugan because, you know, Dugan, uh, you know, led him astray? I, I, I have no idea if that's true. But then um, they're, they're, you know, in, in our completely more than biased in, in in our simply nakedly propagandistic media now, we have no idea if, w- if what is said about Ukraine is true to the slightest degree. We just know the line that's being laid down, and and in war, boy, the fog of war is is also a conscious weapon of war. You know? So. um we don't we don't know about these stories, but the story comes out that Dugan said something that would indicate that Putin should be got rid of. You know, something about the killing of the king, killing of the sacred king in uh, Sir James Fraser's uh, The Golden Bough, mm-hmm. and you know the uh, because Dugan you know likes to think. Mythologically, and, you know, if we, we kill the old king because he's becoming feeble and doesn't work, we'll get a new king and, and, and the nation will be renewed, you know? Um, he was reported as saying something like that. And then later he vociferously denied that he'd ever said anything like that. Well, I thought when that was reported, he was either, this is, and I, I don't believe this is the case, but this, to tell you how my thinking was going, I was thinking, well, either, um, you know, m- maybe he feels, you know, he's in, in Dugan's site. I mean, in Putin's sites already. And, you know, his last chance is to call for a coup against Putin to save his own life, you know, uh, or, you know, and, and then, and then that turned out not to be true because I believe that he did, you know, I, I accept that, that he denied that. Maybe the coup didn't materialize and he had to say, I never said that.
1: I don't. You know, armchair generals, what do we know? Especially inside of Russia. We we don't have good information at all. Yeah, well, was, but also inside the United States. I mean, really, we, we live in more of
0: an engineered control system in terms of information than most of us have any conception. We remember when there was in, an independent, you know, of... You know, what fifth estate of journalism we remember when there was really freedom of speech, when what you're allowed to say was not controlled by algorithms.
1: But that those times are over. Well, just as a point of information, without debating you, I disagree with that principle. We needn't debate it. I'm willing to see where it takes you. To- I hope you're
0: right. You know. Possibly I get too cynical and and say, I don't believe anything anymore. Well, you know, uh, I mean, here we are talking and I hope, you know, uh, I hope neither of us will, will be subject to, uh,
1: Censorship from what we say. I've never been censored. I've got thousands of videos out at, at this point. And uh, I have to say this in terms of our conversations, Charles, I'm amazed at your eloquence and your ability to... Uh, Take a very subtle point and find just the right words to express it. I think it's of great value to our viewers. And I know that you uh, try to see things in a balanced way, but of course we don't agree on everything, which is only normal.
0: Yeah, it's only normal. And, um, well, I could, I could say that, that your, 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 your idea that you are free, Jeffrey, is, is a cunningly designed concept that's been implanted in your brain by our, our uh, uh, you know, information society controlled by the NSA. So, uh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I'm acting as if still, as if we're living in a free society with, with freedom of speech. So yeah. I'm going to keep acting that way un- until I can't do it
1: anymore. Well, with regard to Dugan, You've got the similar issue, which is a man who portrays himself as uh, somewhat of a saintly, pious, holy figure trying to uphold uh, sacred principles and and yet uh, engaging in behavior that contradicts that uh, stance.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and there are people in the alt-right who believe that line, who say, you know, Russia is a Christian, you know, a traditional Christian nation being attacked by the decadent, atheistic West. Well, that truth is there somewhere, but Dugan does not represent, uh, Russian Orthodoxy. I'm not sure Patriarch Kirill represents it very well either. He used to be KGB after all. And, um, there were a number, number of Russian Orthodox hierarchs who denounced Alexander Dugan some quite a few years ago now for attempting to introduce paganism and Satanism into Russian Orthodox. Um, according to uh, a web influencer um, called, now what's his name? Um, I've, yeah, I'm forgetting his name. I, I'm getting this from the web, so I cannot be sure this is true. But his story is uh oh freedom alternative is his name. Uh his story is that after they denounced Dugin, a number of them were defrocked or died. So um, Dugin might well represent an, an insurgency of very anti-Christian tendencies into uh, Russian Orthodox. And certain and and uh it it may be that Patriarch Kirill is going along with this. That's how decadent the the
1: leadership of of many of the traditional religions has become, not just Russian Orthodoxy. Well, earlier we were comparing traditional Renaissance ceremonial magic with chaos magic, and uh, you pointed out that they're pretty much the opposite, and this seems to highlight one of the the central paradoxes or self-contradictions of Dugan. Dugan does not believe.
0: I mean, if if you say, uh, following Heidegger or what he found in Heidegger, that the era of the Logos is past, then you can no longer refer to a particular view of what reality is. Those views are passé. You can't say reality is hierarchical and and, and there are these levels and God is this and and, and the cosmos is that. Yeah, It's all the slate is wiped clean. Um, so nothing is left but the, the self-will of an individual or a collective in order to make something be true. And that's profoundly nihilistic and profoundly dark. The most powerful guy, you know, on, on, on the block, whoever, whoever is left standing after the big brawl, that's who God is. And that's yeah. actually Luciferian. That, that, yeah. that's what Lucifer says, you know, i mean um he he looks at god as as another self-willed spiritual power like himself and says you know if i get more power than him i can knock him off the throne and take it myself
1: if if i understand your thinking in in relationship to all of this your your central north star your guidepost is Something I would call actual God, uh, over and above any of our uh, cultural paradigms. Yes, if God isn't
0: real, then our cultural paradigms are nothing but reflections of group psychology. How can you worship and, and, and implore mercy from and ask for wisdom from a reflection of group psychology? You know that God, because. See, postmodernism. One of the things it's very interested in is religion, because it sees religion as, um, you know, a, a, the the expression of the aspirations, the fears, you know, the worldview of a particular social group in a particular historical period, and, and this is all very interesting to study. Yeah. But if that, if you leave it at that, then you're nothing but an atheist. There is no God, because God has got to be real the living god is the one who is beyond our subjectivity you know it, it god does not contact us we do not come into relationship with god without an ex, a subjective experience on our part otherwise there's no contact between us but that subjective experience is not him you know that that, that that's that's a, an influence coming from him entering our subjectivity and transforming it but we always tend to worship our ideas of God and forget that God is beyond all our ideas and is also ultimately the author of everything that becomes an idea on our part because of he He not only created us to begin with, but he creates us in every moment. And, you know, we, we must maintain our connection with the idea of a God who is absolute objectivity beyond all our ideas.
1: That uh, is, uh, I think, a statement that I would concur with. Yeah, because otherwise we're, we're
0: chaos magicians in a certain sense. I'll create a God, you know, we all need God, so I'll create a God that, 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 that'll, uh, you know, that'll be to my liking and will do my bidding. If I don't like that God, I'll kill him off and create a different God. That's, that's paganism in its negative sense. You know, that's paganism as seen by the prophetic tradition of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. That's how they that define paganism. Paganism had more to it than that. It had some sense of an objective God. But um, that tendency to idolatry is, um, you know, is what the, uh, the, the prophets of the Abrahamic line were sent to uh, overturn. Abraham could not deal with all of the huge religious system of Mesopotamia, vast, powerful. You know, he left, he went to the wilderness and met God one-on-one. Same with Moses, who couldn't deal with the same vast system of Egypt, but went and met God in the burning bush one-on-one. You know, and and out of those came the religions, which, of course, produced their own idols, because that's what we do. Human beings are great idol manufacturers, and we turn the religions themselves into idols, and... You know, so, so no good comes of them, you know, to us from them anymore because we've done that. But the whole impulse of the, of the Abrahamic prophetic line was that we encounter the living God and leave the idolatry behind, which is a constant practice <laughs> because we all, you know,
1: we all worship our own ideas. Well, I gather it's a practice you take very seriously and and the fact that you you see P- Dugan as as uh, espousing a similar practice, but at the same time contradicting it in his actions is incredibly disturbing to you I mean he goes to you know just to, to some
0: group like like the fin, you know the finns, and he says. Your ancient, uh, you know, mythology is wonderful. We support it. You know, the Kalevala, you know, the, the Tsampo, you know, this, this is, this is your ethnic, you know, you know, view, view of divinity and we're for that. And then we're for, and he goes to every conceivable group that, 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 you know, that has a different conception of God. So all these conceptions are valid. We will gather them, you know, Mother Russia will gather them all together and they will all live in harmony. Well, no. It's it, because he's making them idols. Everyone, this is what Rome did. Rome would, would appropriate the gods of its conquered peoples and put up statues of them in the Roman pantheon. So for those, for those conquered peoples, if their religions were, were alive, each one of those gods was, was a conception that worked for that culture and that civilization, that nation of the absolute reality. Whereas when th- that God was, was kidnapped, you know, taken as booty back to Rome and, and, and installed as, as a statue in the, in the, Pantheon, these were no longer transcendent principles or no longer approaches to the transcendent principles. They were all worshiping Rome. They were all the clients of, of the Roman state and ultimately the Roman empire, emperor, emperor considered to be divine. And, um, uh, that's, that's kind of what Dugan, you know, that's the end of Dugan's attempt to, 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 you know, gather in all the religions. This is what happened to the Tower of Babel, I think. You know, I, I, I think, I think the Tower of Babel was an attempt to, 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 through, through, through power, through imperial power, to, to, to make a pan-religious, uh, reality. And it failed at one point, or it was established and then fell apart. And then, you know, there was a confusion of tongues. And each one of the gods went its own way into its own ethnic world. And who knows if they were the same after that. You know, they might have all been idols after that. I don't know. It's a long time ago. But that's kind of, uh, that's the problem with Dugan, what he wanted. Now, can this still continue after after the invasion of Ukraine? I don't know. I don't see how it can. You know, he put everything together and, you know, this is what he collected in order to gain the power in the name of Russia to, to throw off the Western influence. Did it work? I don't know. It, it, it still... What continues is that the various groups, you know, perhaps Nordic pagans and such, in, in, involved with the alt-right in Europe, who still, can, you know... Look to do. You know, that's probably still in place, but I don't see how he can range around the world at this point, you know, collecting everybody else's gods. I mean, the, the, the little, the little states around Russia, you know, that, that Russia wanted to, uh, you know, be, be the, uh, the patron of and, and, and extend its influence into. Well, maybe, maybe Russia can still do that, but every one of those states is, is saying, Look what happened to Ukraine, will we be next? Maybe we need to look elsewhere, maybe to China or something. For patronage, maybe we need to balance Russian patronage against some counter patronage to 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 just save
1: our independence. They're all thinking that. I don't know what they're doing about it. And and the world is on the precipice of what could become a much larger war if it's not if it's not resolved somehow. Yes, it is. Well, on that friendly note, I think uh, we pretty much covered all the ground here for today. Let me just advertise this book. Like I say, I am now,
0: as far as Amazon is concerned, I am now Alexander Dugan. So if you want to know (laughs) what Alexander Dugan thinks, buy my book. Because really, this is probably the most comprehensive presentation of his ideas available in the United States now. Because you can't get his own books anymore. So... I quote him a lot. So, you know, you, you want to know about him, by the book.
1: Well, you know, it might be worth mentioning parenthetically for our viewers and listeners that you and I had an exchange earlier in which you suggested I should reach out to Dugan and interview him. And I said, well, I don't know enough about him. Why don't you interview him and we'll put it on New Thinking Aloud. And I guess nothing has come of that offer yet.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, if... uh you, heretofore, you have lived in a world of freedom of speech, but there is a point at which, you know, you might, uh, you might jeopardize that. You know, who knows?
1: <laughs>
0: I do want Dugan. I mean, he's, he's still on Facebook and they haven't taken down his websites because they want to see what he's saying.
1: Well, I, I still extend the offer to Dugan to come and be interviewed by you or, or by me or by both of us on, on this channel.
0: Why not? Let's let's you know. Let, let's see if, and, and and we'll see how possible that is based upon, um, you know, the, the
1: the the limitations coming from Russia and the limitations coming from the West. Well, given the the perilousness of the world situation right now, maybe uh, dialogues like that could be helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would just like to say, Dugan, I mean. Um, Do you think there is a tendency to say that if, if Russia must be dominated by NATO and by the West, they, Russia and the world, we would all be better off dead. Because that's possible, that's what happens to an individual. As we see in this country where there's so many guns floating around, somebody feels their back is to the wall, the whole world is against them. You know, they don't have room to breathe and they'd say, well, I'm going to get a gun, go out and k- kill 20 people and then take a couple of deep breaths because now I'm free for a moment and I'll blow my own brains out. And that happens almost every day in this country. Could that happen to a whole nation? That's the question I want
1: to ask. Good question, Charles. And once again, thank you so much for being with me. Okay. Glad to do it. And for those of you watching or listening, thank you as well for being with us.